Well, I'm Lepo, this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, Strong and Powerful Dominic Combs. Dom, are you ready to do this? I am. Thanks for having me. Oh, excited to have you on. Dominic is the founder and CEO of Be Generous. They're a venture-backed fintech company revolutionizing how people donate to nonprofits. Dominic, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I was actually born in Hong Kong, uh, grew up in Asia, lived my early part of my years in Asia. Then I moved to London, England, and uh, ultimately to the United States, uh, first in LA and then university and grad school in New York City. And I think growing up and having such a cosmopolitan background, I saw a lot of the world, saw a lot of Asia, saw a lot of Europe, a lot of North America as a kid. And I learned very, very, very young age that the world is not um, necessarily equal and just in all places as it should be. And so it dawned on me very early on that um, there's so many injustices, so many things that are going wrong in our world. If we could somehow harness the power of capitalism to help remedy some of these um, issues, that that would really be um, the most sort of the best use of those resources, right? Helping the, the broadest number of people with the least number of resources is really the most optimal way to, um, to to affect change. And so, you know, I grew up having this instilled in me as a young age. My grandfather um, was a very successful entrepreneur, um, started a company at age 16 years old and grew it to the largest consumer electronics company in Europe, ended up getting knighted by the Queen of England, ended up getting inducted to the House of Lords. And today is his 91st birthday. Lord awesome. Stanley comes kind of a funny story. So I, I, you know, I always was drawn to being an entrepreneur and also drawn to doing something to help the world um, become a better place, essentially. And eventually after working on Wall Street for a couple of years and working in the government for a few years after that, I settled on this very niche intersection of profit and purpose. And so using technology, building private venture capital-backed technology companies that can create efficiencies in the largest underserved sector of finance in the world, which is the U.S. nonprofit market. Um, the United States is the most philanthropic country in the world by far. Half a trillion dollars of donations in this country go toward helping um, other people. But the market's highly fragmented and it's highly inefficient. So if you can build products in a marketplace that can create change at scale and make this market more efficient, you can affect a, a huge amount of people in a positive way. And that's really where I've been sort of um, obsessed I guess, if you will put it, for the last 10 years in building products like this. Awesome. Well, thank you. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so fragmented and so it's the nonprofit space, in the United States, it's massive, but it's fragmented and, and, and inefficient. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So, you know, if you want to, um, you know, so, well, actually, let's start here. There are 1.7 million nonprofits in the United States. Right. And nobody really has a handle on what each of them are raising or anything like that. I mean, yeah, you have to report this data to the IRS, but 92% of those nonprofits raise under a million dollars a year. So you have, and a lot of them are du duplicative, right? And so they're, they're doing the same things. And so you have this enormous market. And I say fragmented because in most industries, you have, you know, seven or eight core players that are dominating, or at least you can point to, you know, the big ones in the nonprofit space. If you just take the organizations, that are raising above a million dollars a year. It's 135,000 organizations. It's huge. The market is just huge. So it is a highly distributed, highly fragmented market. And about 100,000 new nonprofits come online every year. So it's growing uh, tremendously. And it's inefficient because um, you know a lot of nonprofits have high overheads and they have really high expensive fundraising costs. So the average nonprofit in the U.S. Um, the, the average overhead of a U.S. nonprofit in the in the U.S. is about 36 percent, right? So if you think about you donate $100 to that nonprofit or an average nonprofit in America, $36 is going to just non-programmatic work, right? And most 
most donors obviously are not going to be thrilled to hear that. But of course, nonprofits need to operate. It's not it's not fair to say they can't have operating expenses. Um, and then at the same time, you know, donor cost or, or donation costs, fundraising costs, if you will, are very, very high. You know, direct mailer campaigns. I'm sure, you know, we all get you know, go to your mail and you see, you know, someone soliciting. Those can be as high as 50 percent, which means every dollar the nonprofit gets is paying 50 percent of that out to a fundraising uh, consultant or expert or direct mailer campaign. Right. And so I think it's safe to say that the nonprofit industry is very well intentioned. Um, I come from this industry all on the tech side, but it can be highly inefficient in certain areas. And it certainly is a highly fragmented industry. Got it. So enter Be Generous. And how are you going about fixing this problem? Yeah. So the biggest problem in the nonprofit space today is actually that the percentage of Americans who donate and the average donation amount that they give are declining significantly. So today, 72% of Americans give to charity. So very high percentage. But that number used to be in the mid 80s, right? So you declined significantly, particularly since the 08 crash. And the average donation amount is declining as well. Um, and so what you have is less Americans are giving and they're giving less on average. And of course, that leads on the other side to a liquidity problem. So half of all nonprofits today have less than one month of cash on hand. So what we've done is we've created the first ever philanthropic credit product that allows somebody instead of buying now and paying later, I'm sure you've heard of the buy now, pay later space, allows you to donate now and pay later. So using our product, a donor can make a charitable contribution, aka a donation to a nonprofit. The nonprofit receives that donation upfront right away. The donor gets the full tax deduction for the full amount right away, but the donor doesn't spend any money out of pocket today. And instead they pay that donation over three, six or nine months completely for free. There's no interest payments, there's no transaction fees, there's no hidden fees, and there's no late fees. So at the end of the transaction, the nonprofit has all the money up front, the donor has their full tax deduction, and the, but the donor doesn't actually have to pay any money. So this is a completely new way to donate. It's a credit product that's been extremely successful in other verticals, like e-commerce, for example, with buy now, pay later. And we've introduced it to the philanthropic space, taking an infrastructure and applying it for good, essentially, if you will. And as a last point on this, I'll say that you know, Fidelity Charitable put out this great report last year called Overcoming Barriers to Charitable Giving, where they wanted to understand why are donors giving less, right? What is the reasoning for this? And in the report, they surveyed thousands of donors. And they concluded that about 72% of donors say they want to give more to their favorite nonprofit, but they're unable to do so. Their primary reason, of course, being liquidity or cash on hand. So, our product is a free credit product that allows a donor essentially to take their principal donation and spread it out over a period of months without incurring any fees or costs whatsoever, but we'll send all that money to the nonprofit today. So it not only solves the nonprofit's liquidity problem, it solves the donor's inability to give what they want to give. Because historically, donors have been very constrained. Their only alternative way to do this was to put money on a credit card. Now, credit cards charge interest rates, they charge late fees, they ding your credit. And most importantly, 67% of donors under the age of 40 don't have or don't use a credit card. So our product really solves a problem for nonprofits and for donors, and the data the proof is in the pudding, as I like to say, because the average one-time donation last year in America was $128 online. The average donate now, pay later donation right now is $356. So um, people are giving more than 150% more using our product or double, more than double, um, simply because they can spread their payments over time at no cost to them. Nice. Well, that all makes sense. So <laughs> yeah. who, who, who pays for your service or, or, or is it free? 
It's completely free for the donors, completely free, no cost ever for the donors. We do not charge the nonprofit subscription fees right now. And we also do not charge them integration fees right now. The only way we make money is a success fee, basically. So when a nonprofit successfully receives a donate now, pay later transaction, a percentage of that transaction is what we take, basically. So it's like the same way that um, like GoFundMe works or any of these other you know, online, um, uh, either crowdfunding or charitable donation platforms, basically a standard model. And we also offer optional donor cover. Meaning that if a donor wants to pay a portion of the fees that the nonprofit incurs or decides to pay even the whole thing, for example, they can do that. And what we've seen right now is that about 80% of donors opt into cover, right? Because it's totally optional. The donors don't have to cover, but many of them do because the fees are small. I mean, we're not talking 20, 30%, way, way, way under that. So it's like a couple percent basically, and the donors um, can opt to cover that if they'd like. So that reduces the burden on the nonprofit. Nice. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. What happens when somebody doesn't complete the payments to you? Yeah. So basically we say, Hey, you missed your payment. Um, and if they say, Oh, I lost my job or I can't pay or whatever it might be, we'd say, okay, no problem. We'll put you into a hardship program. And that'll be, we'll say things like you can skip a payment. You can skip two payments. You can pay a portion of it down now and pay the rest later. You can pay half of it down and pay the rest later. Right. There's all these different mechanisms because at the end of the day, you know, the last thing we want to do is put people into payment plans. They can't, they can't actually pay. Right. And, and particularly donors, right. Because donors are well-intentioned. They want to support. And a lot of times people donate to nonprofits they are personally connected to. And nobody wants to be in a situation, the donor doesn't, and we don't want to be in a situation where they can't pay, right? So the nonprofit gets all the money up front. So they're out of the transaction. We do not claw back any money, of course, right? So at this point, the donor's saying, hey, I can't pay. We'll allow them to skip payments, pay down, pay later. But at the end of the day, if a donor simply cannot pay, we write it off as a loss. Got it. Interesting. Did uh, I wrote down 67% of people under the age of 40 don't have a credit card? Don't have or don't use the credit card. Yeah, huh. a sixty. Yeah, the American Bankers Association uh, put out a report that says sixty-seven percent of uh, of uh, people under the age of forty don't have or don't use a credit card. It seems high, but I mean, like I'm thirty-four. Okay, I have credit cards, but I don't use them because you know when I was in my twenties, like a lot of younger Americans, I racked up. You know, I thought, oh, I have free money on a credit card, and I racked up you know fifteen thousand dollars worth of debt and spent you know seven eight years trying to just pay, you know paying the interest payments on those debt on that debt. Right now, eventually, I paid it off but it was a good lesson for me, um, you know, to, to be careful how you use these cars. And so, um, yeah, most people my age and, and around my age do not use credit cards. Got it. Interesting. All right. So I imagine that, well, just because something is in a hard sell, you approach a nonprofit, you say, we have this wonderful program. It doesn't cost you any money. You're going to increase the amount of donations that you get. It's going to be a win-win for everybody. How has, how has that been received? Um, it has been received even better than we thought it would be received. So we thought it would be received well because we did a tremendous amount of product research and we worked with a lot of the CEOs and board members of many of the nation's largest nonprofits to craft this product. Um, they're on our website. In fact, it's folks like the chairwoman of United Way Worldwide, right? Um, the uh, chairman of the board of the ASPCA, uh, the chief girl of the Girl Scouts, the chairman of the board of the Boy Scouts, I mean, and on and on, right? We work with these people tangibly as advisors and in some cases, investors in the company to actually craft our product. Um, we did a lot of testing. So we knew it was going to be received well because it solves a core problem, a real problem that nonprofits have, which is not having enough liquidity, particularly at the times of the year when they need it. Because if you consider that about 40% of all donations come in November, December, but uh, obviously the rest of the year, nonprofits need capital to run their programs. And so our product provides that liquidity upfront, but allows the donor to pay over time. So it's been received very, very well. In fact, in our first um, 
just about two and a half months in the market, we've signed up 50 nonprofits, which is a lot more than we thought we would given the average sales cycle of a nonprofit, including some very big ones, by the way, like PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. I'm sure you know PETA. I'm sure your audience knows PETA. Sure. Um, they raise over $60 million a year and other organizations like CORE, which raises around $76 million a year, big humanitarian organization. And so um, if you aggregated all the... Um, uh, all our clients up right now, and you looked at the total amount they raise every year, it's a couple hundred million right now. That's interesting. You know, I, I, I wonder if it's oftentimes probably harder to get great big organizations because they already have very probably divine defined um, methods and systems and processes for, you know, development and doing that. Or am I wrong? I think, no, I think that's partially true. I, I mean, it's certainly true that they have defined systems, right? Um, and they have sophisticated systems, um, uh, you know, looking at a whole variety of factors of how to maximize contributions. But I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, all nonprofits want to raise more money. You could go to the most successful nonprofit in America and say, would you like to raise you know, 150% more? They're going to they're gonna say yes. And so if we have a product that effectively can um, that does that, right? And you look at our data, that's what our data shows. I mean, this is not my opinion. This is what the data shows. So if you have a product that effectively does that, I think you're, 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 you'll get anybody on the phone willing to listen. And then some of those nonprofits, the more innovative ones, the ones who are more front uh, folk, uh, front forward thinking, will say, hey, this is a no-brainer. It's costing me basically essentially nothing to set up. Um, you're only getting charged a success fee. So that's great. If nobody uses it. Great. We're not charged anything. The data is compelling. The list of clients is compelling. You guys have a good background. Why not? Why not give this a shot, right? And when they give it a shot, they find that, hey, that this really works very well. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's true. It's harder to sign up big organizations in any industry, but you know, you'll always get a few uh, market leaders who are willing to give it a shot. And then if your product works, you can you know get more of the market that way. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I'm confident you told me this as you were, uh, as we're getting started, um, how long has this process been from when you got the idea to where we are today? So I got the idea seven years ago, a long, long time ago. Um, in fact, I got the idea after talking to um, the, the chief operations officer, the COO of Affirm, which is the largest, uh, one of the largest buy now, pay later companies in the world. Um, it was inspired somewhat by her. And um, I kept this idea in my head and really didn't talk about it for seven years because I was running another company at the time. And then um, I decided, um, you know, at the beginning of 2021 to pursue this idea. And so um, at the beginning of 2021, we started a company. We raised about a $10 million venture capital round to build the product. And we raised a large credit lending facility because ultimately this is a consumer lending product. You need capital to lend in order to do this. So we raised um, a sizable, very sizable credit lending facility with our bank partner, Drake Bank which is a community bank in Minnesota. Um, it took about two years to build the product, um, secure the lending licenses and the lending um, criteria and the lending rules, build the credit box, um, engineer the actual product, design it, test it, um, QA it, uh, secure the lending facility, and then deploy it into the market. So we have been live now for about two and a half, three months. Um, and it's going extremely well. But yeah, I mean, it's been a journey, you know, seven years, conceived of it seven years ago, started it two years ago, deployed it in the market three months ago. Lots of moving parts, Dominic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think it's super exciting and such a such a no brainer when you can help a nonprofit who all these all these wonderful organizations are doing such important work and filling so many different needs. And if you can increase the amount of money coming in with one simple addition of this new tool, um, it really is a it'd be. Silly not to at least give it a try. So 
I love it. Yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that. And that's exactly our attitude. And I think we've seen it borne out in the market that when people are willing to try new and innovative ways to give, you know, there was a, there was a period, I, I always, I always tell people, there was a period not that long ago, probably like 10, 15 years ago where no one had done online donations. Imagine me coming to, you know, big nonprofits saying, Hey, you do 99% of your money through people writing checks. I want to create an online digital button for you to do that. I'm telling you a sizable portion of the nonprofits 15 years ago would have been like, no, that's ridiculous. No one's going to give online. Right. It's like Henry Ford famously said, if I asked people, you know, what do they want? They would say they want a faster horse. Right. And the guy obviously was building cars. So I think you have a little bit of that. I think, you know, there are some nonprofits that are market leaders and others want to wait and see. But at the end of the day, you know, new fundraising methods are created all the time. This is a very interesting, promising one. The the market dynamics and the economics make sense. Um, So anyone who's interested in trying, learning or exploring or wants to give it a shot, we'd love to talk to them. Love it. Well, Dominic, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with Be Generous? Well, thanks for having me. It's been great to talk to you. Um, yeah, you can go to our website. It's just the letter B and then the word generous. So just the letter B space generous um, or one word B generous.com. There's no E though after B. Um, or you can look me up. I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. My name is Dominic Calms with a K, K-A-L-M-S. Uh, you can email me personally, D-O-M-I-N-I-C at bgenerous.com. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Dominic your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to begenerous.com. That's right. It is a .com, Dom. It is a .com. Yeah. Just the letter B generous. Yep. The letter B, G-E-N-E-R-O-U-S.com. And uh, for your favorite nonprofit that's out there, turn, turn them on to this as well, uh, because why not? Thanks again, Dominic. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.